Hey, welcome back to the Hall of Justice comic cast. As always, I'm your host, the Above Average Joe. With me again is... Mighty Mike! Alright, and today we are actually going to be discussing the Superman Reborn crossover. This is the new status quo for the Man of Steel going into the second year of DC Rebirth. Uh, DC Rebirth, of course, is happening right now. It's their rebranding, their relaunch initiative, and they've introduced the fact that the Watchmen characters have influenced the DC Universe. Dr. Manhattan, uh, Ozymandias, all these darker characters from the Watchmen Universe have started manipulating the DC Universe. And that's all going to come to a head in the Doomsday Clock, which is a confrontation between the Man of Steel and Dr. Manhattan himself. More like Dr. God. Yeah, he is definitely overpowered. Everyone who says Superman's overpowered, I just kind of want to point to Watchmen and go, uh, no. But since Doomsday Clock is actually starting this November, I thought it would be a good time to go ahead and talk about the Man of Steel. Since Superman in his new iteration is going to be the leading character of this arc, it's just going to be straight up Superman versus Manhattan. And that's, that's really important because of what Superman represents. Superman is the embodiment of hope. He is a beacon to the world and to have him up against one of the most cynical characters in comics is a really yes. good arc especially in our current just and as you mentioned right the lead now. up that we're about to get talking about the complete upheaval and the status quo of the dc universe that Absolutely. has occurred and we're going to get into that yeah So let's start off with kind of a a Know Your Universe for DC in the last few years. And a lot of this is tied specifically to to Superman because he is the core of that universe. While everyone knows Batman, Wonder Woman, The Flash, anyone can pick out the Justice League from a roster, Superman really symbolizes what the DC universe is at its heart. Mm -hmm. So anytime there's a big shift in in publication or a a big change in how they're approaching their characters... It all really starts with Superman in one way or another. I mean, it's right there on his chest. Hope. <laughs> yeah. It's it's not just an S, people. It's not just an S. It's not just an S. <laughs> it's so hope. Soap. 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 It's soap. 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 Pass the soap. soap. <laughs> okay, so... We're um, breaking into the hidden meanings of the, the DC multiverse yeah, here, people. Yeah, see? This is the mysteries you were talking about, people. Okay, so we have... The New 52. And The New 52 was a 2011 relaunch of DC's entire line, something they hadn't really done since 1984 with Crisis on Infinite Earths. They started completely over, whole new origins, everything was different. Um, Even down to the look and feel of the the characters, the characters themselves were much more armored, everything kind of had a darker edge to it, they were much more serious characters. Yes, more lines, sharper images, Um, whereas the the classic uh, DC run, everything was smooth, uniform, one image, one piece, where this... The new looks were, were segmented. Everything had broken yeah, up into different every, sections, different textures. And while that's great from an artistic perspective, and a lot of those things yeah. have carried over, I think the, the one character who r- remained constant from New 52 to, to Rebirth was The Flash because the, the redesign of his costume was just amazing. Oh, or the Green Lanterns, yeah. The Green Lanterns, again, they really just made slight adjustments to. Very but little. the character that went the, over with the most dramatic redesign was Superman. And everyone knows what Superman's classic costume looks like. It's the cape, it's the big S, it's the underoos and the belt with the big red boots. Yep, underwear that, on the outside. That was gone. With New 52, he, he, was, he was in an armored suit, had a high neck, he just had the red belt. He went, underwent the, the, the most dramatic cosme- cosmetic change. Yes. But 
a lot of those changes also affected his character. Whereas Batman was still Batman, Green Lantern was still Green Lantern, Flash was still Flash, Superman underwent a dramatic change in his attitude. He was a much grittier character. He wasn't the the homespun yokel anymore. He it was, was a he, complete tonal shift yeah, for the character. I, and not just from his, his tone and approach, but also his history. Um, at the time that we first meet him in Action Comics, when he's still a ground-level character that does, hasn't learned to fly yet, both of his parents are dead. Ma and Pa Kent are dead. So it that left Clark growing up in a, in a certain darkness that kind of tainted the idea of Superman. He was much more aggressive, much more bullheaded uh, than our typical Superman. So when that carried over into his main series, when continuity caught up with itself, fans were left with a Superman that left a bad taste in their mouth. It wasn't the Superman that we knew and loved. It wasn't the Superman who would save somebody and... You know, smile. He wasn't the one who would stop and shake people's hands after taking down something like the Atomic Skull. He was a Superman who flew through buildings recklessly, punched hard, and kept punching, which in some way was kind of an answer to fans' pleas because that's that's typically the response that a lot of uh, casual fans throw at Superman is, oh, he doesn't do anything, all he does is catch things. And then you give them a Superman that he punches first, and then they say, oh, but he, all, he's not doing anything, he's just, he's just the strong guy. It was a very unhinged and um, yeah, emotional well. Superman. He wasn't uh, in control of his facilities. He could be goaded. He uh, acted more on instinct uh, instead of uh, cautious forethought. And it, it really made a vast change to his character. And talking about like punching through things, it might be like the new cinematic Superman. And he sports kind of like the same armor suit and everything. Very much so. And I would agree the the current... DCEU film slate is, is was previously based off of a lot of the New 52. They seem to have reverted more to the classic scale because of initiatives like this where fans are starting to realize that, hey, classic is what we want, but that doesn't mean you just have to tell us the same old stories. You can be classic and still take us in new directions. Hey, I don't want my crazy, angry jerk Superman. I want my completely in control homegrown America Superman. Yeah, I want a Superman who says I'm here to fight for truth, justice in the American way and Mm -hmm. have it not sound kitschy or or ridiculous. You just kind of go, okay, that's who he is. Absolutely. That was the thing with Cora Superman. He would say something as as campy and kind of silly as that, but it wasn't campy and silly when he said it. If anybody there, Tom, Dick, or Harry would say, well, I'm fight true justice in the American way, like it sounds like propaganda. Yeah. When, When... when Superman says it, it feels like it really means well, something. And exactly. I mean, Superman is supposed to be that inspiring figure. He's supposed to make people see the best parts of themselves. And you have a Superman in the New 52 who was aggressive and hot-headed and cocky. And he wasn't a hero that you wanted to like. Yeah. You wanted to see him hit things, but as far as being the approachable superhero. I mean, that, that's, the, that's the whole they point of Superman, is that you have a man who can fly, but he's still a man. I believe one of the greatest uh, criticisms of Superman is, he's perfect. What, what are his flaws? How do, you, how do you get past that? And most authors' attempts were to humanize him, and, then, and I think that's what they were trying to do, but they went too far. I, yeah, they made exactly. him I, too human. I think they humanized him in the wrong ways. Yes. So this became apparent, this became readily apparent to DC that people were losing touch with Superman and and in so doing losing touch with their universe. So they started 
coming up with ways to to reinvigorate Superman and make him seem more and more like the Superman we knew and loved. And one way they did that was with an event called Convergence. Um, so when the New 52 happened, all the previous continuity in the DC Universe was pretty much undone. The Universe just did a hard reboot. This is what it is from the ground up. In Convergence, they showed us that, hey some of those elements still exist out there in the ether. Mm-hmm. Some of these universes, these worlds, these these incarnations of characters that you knew and loved are still out there. And we saw a return of our classic Superman. And he was the charming hero. Truth, justice, and the American way. Exactly. But there was a twist here. He had been trapped in a, in a segment of reality that negated his powers. He and Lois were married, and he actually fathered a son. So he, he and Lois had a child. At the close of Convergence, they actually go back and avert one of the major crisis events in the DC universe that kind of splinters everything and our classic Superman and Lois and their child make their way into the New 52 reality and it's done in a way that it shows you hey this Superman has been here in the background the the entire time absolutely and this was done in an eight issue arc called Superman Lois and Clark and it takes us back to the very first issue of Justice League where the the league is united in fighting Doomsday and not Doomsday Darkseid part me and our superman the superman we know is standing on a rooftop about to intercede when the new 52 superman finally shows up and now he decides i have i have a wife i have a child this world has a superman i can retire so they they go into hiding superman hangs up his cape takes off the glasses he actually grows a beard which we'll get into the design of that costume because it looks amazing But he goes into hiding, and it's just them raising their child. However, he starts to realize that elements in the world he knew are starting to take hold in this new world. He's starting to see the rise of other villains. He's starting to see that edge of darkness creeping in, and he decides he can no longer just sit on the sidelines, and he starts operating as kind of a shadow Superman. He is wearing a black and silver outfit with the S. It's very similar. Sexy. It is a really awesome costume design, quite quite frankly. Uh, Another thing he noticed, is, is that this Superman is not... Yes. It's a much younger, less polished Superman, and a lot... I think there's an issue where, it, through uh, his monologue, talks about one time where the New 52 Superman flew, flew through Metropolis at super speed and, like, busted out windows. Mm-hmm. So it, it shows how reckless the New 52 Superman is with his powers. But still, the world needs Superman, and he feels that his family needs him more. But he still feels that call, and... While he struggles with it, it's actually Lois who kind of pushes him out the door saying, go, go be you. So let's talk for a minute about how Lois Lane's character changed. Everyone knows Lois and Clark, right? Lois Lane is supposed to be Superman's primary love interest, but she's never really been likable as a character, predominantly because she fell in love with Superman and not Clark Clark Kent. Kent. There's a shift here in, in Lois Lane as a character, and it comes directly from her being a mother. You see Lois raising their son, Jonathan, and she becomes a much more dynamic character. She has heart, she has drive, and it's not just to chase this story down. She's still functioning in the background as an author. She's still exposing all the, the crime and, and the seedy underbelly belly of the world that is her calling as an investigative reporter. But there, there's a softer edge to her that 
gives her a different kind of strength that the character was really missing because Lois Lane for yes. the longest time had been exceedingly one note. And she kind of made Clark Kent redundant too because yeah. she was the seedy, hard cut investigative journalism reporter. And so having him also be a reporter and he in that position he could never be could up never to her compete, standards. And he can never he can never compete and there there was no need for the alter ego. Yes. Which is another thing that the rebirth Superman really shows is that Clark Kent is not a mask. It's not it's not an alter ego. It is who he is. Superman is what he can do. Yes. In the New 52 universe, the Clark identity is superfluous. He doesn't see himself as Clark Kent. He sees himself as Superman, with the exception of a handful of arcs that are done in, in different books. Like, that doesn't show... You don't see that in the Superman book, but you see it more in Justice League or in Superman and Wonder Woman. So it, it created a very confused picture of the New 52 Superman, with some creators trying to make him like the original and some leaning more into the current state, the aggressive, powerful Superman. This Superman has a different set of priorities, as Michael said, and it changes him as a hero for the better. He starts to prioritize different tasks and it's not instead of just catch this bus from falling off the bridge. They're, they're, everything has a slightly more intense edge because he's got a family at home. And there's elements in the, in the new 50 not, to, not new 52 in the post rebirth universe that really demonstrate that very well yes we'll get into uh, his you know, relationship with his son uh but yeah like like let's talk about the the insights he's gained from having a family has made his character evolve to something that it it's able to ground him and humanize him in a way that people have tried to accomplish and failed at for decades now, including the, the the attempt in the New 52, the just the one small change of him not only being married to Lois, but having a son, and him not only being a husband, but a father, has fundamentally changed the character, and I think for the betterment of, of all. Like, it's it's been a very good run. Oh, ab- absolutely. Seeing that kind of organic growth in a character is tremendous especially when because that, that tends to be a trope in comics was like we'll let our characters progress to a point and then they stop which brings us to the conclusion of the the new 52 so after some some waning sales and some some fan outcry that's been pretty consistent because while there were books that were lauded the entire lifespan of the new 52 everything else kind of garnered up meh to yes. an absolute hatred. So you have DC Rebirth, which is an initiative, a promise to fans to return DC to its former glory. They're, they're going to move forward in a way that makes use of everything that's already happened, but also still return some classic elements. But they start talking about riding the ship with Superman. Well, here's the thing. How do you do that? At this point, the DC Universe had two Superman. It had the New 52 Superman, and it had classic the classic... Background now, Shadow Superman. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, best way to do that is for the New Fifty Two Superman to die, and it was done I mean, in a way course. that was pretty powerful, actually. Because um, right at the tail end of the, of the New Fifty Two Superman arc, uh, Clark had lost his powers. His identity was revealed. He had lost his powers. He was essentially traveling america rediscovering himself trying mm-hmm. to figure out how to live in this new reality and it was the right kind of humanization he needed because he had been cocky and powerful for so long so him being knocked down was really good and towards the tail end of that event he regained his powers through a bunch of different means 
and it ended up coming back to bite him in the butt because right after that event called Savage Dawn ended in the very next issue, which was number 51, you open the cover and the very first page is a splash page of Superman's face looking at you saying, I'm dying. So it was a flat out, this is what we're doing. So the New 52 Superman had essentially poisoned his body. He had tried to kickstart his powers through kryptonite poisoning. He ended up fighting a Kryptonian god at one point and everything that happened with the Dark Side War. So his things body was... Things got weird. Things did get weird. I blame a lot of that on Brian Hitch. His JLA run was just strange and quite honestly useless. Um, but the New 52 Superman had basically damaged his body to the point of no return and he was he was dying. So he starts this quest to try to ensure that the world will always have a protector. And he starts saying goodbye and everything and starts saying goodbye to all of his friends and family. And there is an an energy being that comes to comes to, to light here. Someone had siphoned off some of his solar energy because Superman is powered by the sun and created a synthetic Superman who then went crazy believing himself to be the real Superman. It was kind of a, a, a riff on the 90s clone storyline yes. in, in Spider-Man. It was kind of a MacGuffin. They just had to get Superman to a point where he would have one final battle and, and, yeah. and, and expire. So this battle is taking place and it rages into... Um, a, a small country community, which so, just so happens to be where the classic Superman and his family are living. And it brings in Lois and, and Lana, there, and it ends up ranging back to Smallville. It's a whole thing. Superman is there. Wonder Woman is there. And this energy Superman is essentially going to detonate, release all of his solar energy, and kind of nuke everything. And Superman, the New 52 version, knows that the only way to stop him is to get him out, basically get him into orbit. He grabs him, and they're flying up, and he, he's starting to lose his powers. He's dying. This is his final moments. And out of nowhere, like a bolt from the blue, comes the classic Superman. And he's lifting him up, pushing them into orbit, trying to save, help help his counterpart save the day. And this is, again, a, a great moment with the New 52 Superman because he looks down, doesn't know this man, sees him as an older version of himself, wearing the same shield, punches him back, says the world needs a Superman, knocks him away, and then detonates his own solar abilities to cancel out the other guys. He then plummets to Earth, and it's kind of a, a last hurrah. All of his loved ones are around him, and the New 52 Superman expires. But here's the thing. He doesn't just die. He's There's no body there. He turns to ash. He got dusted. He did. Like, he really like did. Buffy just like stabbed yeah. him and he got dusted. <laughs> it's a whole Joss Whedon thing. So now the world believes that Superman is dead. They don't know the existence of this other Superman. Only the people who were there know about him. So the world mourns this Superman. And they do it in, in kind of like the classic fashion. There's the big monument built to him in Metropolis. Um, his ashes are there in kind of an urn. He's, he's protected. This Superman basically tries to steal his body. And he tries to go back to the Fortress of Solitude to bring him back to life in the same way that he returned to life after battling Doomsday. The resurrection chamber, right? Yeah. The energy matrix from yep, the, the... The birthing matrix from his ship. Lo and behold, that piece of technology does not exist not in this there. world. So there's no way to bring the Superman back. The world is without a Superman. The DC Rebirth one-shot comes out. It sets up the new status quo. This is where our universe is going. And this Clark, our, our classic Clark, is set to take up the mantle of, of Superman once again. Step back on the stage. Yeah. Uh, and then we go into um, a shift from that. And, and they we're having 
established his family line. Jonathan's growing up. Mm-hmm. We're getting some wonderful father uh, tender moments with Jonathan and showing how Superman's evolved as a character. And it's setting... We haven't even got to the new, new status uh, quo yet. But there's... Throughout the new Superman run and Action Comics, there's hints that it's being dropped... Um, and the background of that something bigger is going on. There's all these little small yeah, things. Yeah, there's, there's obviously a mystery at play here, and it all comes full circle in the first issue of Action Comics when the classic Superman reappears to, to save the day, and who is in the crowd reporting on it but Clark Kent. Mm-hmm. There is a human Clark Save. Kent. What? Yeah, that no one understands, because this world now knows that Clark Kent is Superman, but here's Superman and there's Clark Kent. What's going on? So this starts a mystery, and it starts a mystery that no one can really solve. That people don't to... believe him. People, Clark Kent's got people shooting at him. Yeah. Being like, no, you're Superman. You're lying. I'm going to shoot you. Prove it. Yeah, and even Superman's like, who are you? How do you exist? Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a big mystery. But there's, there's so many other things happening at the moment that Clark can't focus on trying to figure out who this imposter Clark Kent is. He takes him to the fortress and reads his mind, and guess what? Everything checks out. He's telling the truth. He remembers everything the way it's supposed to be, so he doesn't understand how this other Clark Kent exists. Which brings us to the inevitable confrontation between Superman and whoever or whatever this Clark Kent is. Because as mm-hmm. Clark Kent is being investigated by Superman... Clark also starts investigating Superman, and they they cross paths in a way that is very interesting. Yes. Because we start to see the two sides of Clark, his investigator reporter and his nature as Superman, really butt heads. And it's a great way to see the internal struggle that Clark must go through. Yeah, it's an internal monologue, internal struggle, cognitive dissonance happening in real time in real life where we can all see it. It's an amazing narrative, like, storytelling. uh, Absolutely. We're getting... Hints between all this. I said something bigger pictures going on. We have this enigmatic character that we've learned is called Oz, and we're seeing that New Fifty Two Superman before he passed away fought Doomsday. And what was interesting about it was that it wasn't the New Fifty Two Doomsday. It was the pre New Fifty Two universe Doomsday. Mm-hmm. It was a classic Doomsday, and we think he's being defeated and, and put in the Phantom Zone. But then Mister Oz takes him. And then we see that Tim Drake's already there, and we we're seeing a, 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 that Mr. Oz has captured these people that we've thought of dead, but that come from before the new yeah, DC so there's universe. This, this, this mysterious kick figure who's been mm-hmm. popping up here and there in Superman, Lois, and Clark, and the Superman run, and a couple of other books, just being there, just being in the background. It's yes. very, you know very almost nothing about him other than his name is Oz. We also get a hint into what we're about to go into is that when it shows Tim Drake and Doomsday, they're saying he got out, he escaped, and it cuts to him Oz walking into a room that's a cell that's covered with pictures and uh, iconographs of Superman uh, saying, he'll save me, he'll come for me, he'll save me. And, and then right after that is when we start to get into the struggle with Clark Kent. So it yeah. leads into us believing that Clark Kent is more than he lets on to be, even though we know that everything reads out because he's had his mind read at the Fortress of Solitude. Absolutely, yeah. It's, it's This event keeps you guessing because they throw a lot of red herrings as to where mm-hmm. 
Clark Kent could come from. There's speculation that he's a clone, which wouldn't be the first time in the Superman universe that he's been cloned. There's speculation of alternate realities that somehow Superman survived and is now living as this human Clark Kent. There, there There's a lot of different red herrings thrown out there. We come to the, the genesis of the Superman Reborn conflict, which is the first major crossover between the two Superman titles, Action Comics and the mainline Superman book. Yes. And it starts off, it's a fairly normal night. It's Jonathan's, oh, sorry, it's uh, Lois and Clark's anniversary. Yes. And all of a sudden, their house catches on fire. But it's not a normal fire. It's kind of a blue energy and well, things... Well, first we see Clark Kent's shadow figure yeah, coming to their front door and they 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 drop something off the front door and they go and look it up yeah. and it's all their memories on a photo album from their previous universe. Exactly. So you have this memento from a previous world that no longer exists. This shouldn't be possible. Yeah, it, it shouldn't be possible. It's things like their wedding photos or photos of them at the Daily Bugle, or Daily mm-hmm. Bugle, Daily Planet, pardon me. Um, <laughs> oh, so many things across franchises sound so similar. So they're, they're, they're caught off guard by the fact that these mementos from a, a, a dead universe have shown up. And right as they're looking at this, the, their house erupts into flames. And it's this blue energetic flame. And things aren't burning. They're just disappearing. As, yes. the, as the flame coats them, they're just winking out of existence. We see that in the photo book because the, the, the pictures in the photo book slowly start fading away. Yeah. And then after that, when they look up and like, oh, our memories are disappearing. And then we have when it grips us, we see Jonathan on fire. We do. We see Lois and Clark's son, Jonathan, covered in blue flames. And all he does is look up and say, Dad. And... I will, I'll tell you, I don't, I don't have kids. I have several nieces and nephews. That one moment in the comic mm-hmm. scared the hell out of I me. I got, I got kitties. Yeah. Well, we got, we have our fur babies. Yeah. Yes. We have, we each have cats. But, oof. That oh. was intense. It, it was, it was terrifying. And Jonathan winks out of existence right there. He just disappears. Mm-hmm. And it turns out he's, Gone. he's falling. He's basically falling through the earth. And Clark is chasing after him. The, this is a man who can, catch bullets with his chest. He is faster than a speeding bullet and more powerful than a locom- locomotive, but he is unable to save his son. I'm, I'm so sorry when you said catch bullets with a chest. I just imagined him, like, the bullets coming at him, and he turns, and he just catches it underneath his peck. It's like, yeah, got it. Your mind goes to weird places, man. That's why you love me. This is true. Okay. So Superman, most powerful being in the world, unable to save his son. And there's a moment there where he has him wrapped in his cape, trying to smother the flames. And Jonathan is crying, I don't want to go, I don't want to yes. go, you'll save me. And he says, I'll, I'll, I'm here. And then Jonathan disappears. Yes. And what I believe had an impact on me, I believe the last thing that fades away is his eyes. His yeah. whole body fades away. And then it's just his, the last thing is his eyes crying, staring at his father. And then it's gone. Yeah, it is. It is emotionally gripping, and that's. So this is something. At least something that we've never had before. We never thought we would happen. Superman versus Clark Kent. Yeah. And because the Kent family is now furious, so he grabs Lois, and they immediately fly off to Metropolis, and they arrive at Clark Kent's home and abode, and they're they're looking around, and it is. It's left abandoned. It, it doesn't look touched. It looked like people have hasn't lived here in in, in years, and, so, and something's wrong, and they. They they open they there's nothing there. They open the refrigerator and they immediately find a bunch 
of children's treats like chocolate syrup and snacks and things that only kids would like and at first yeah, they're like, like oh, lunchables and chocolate syrup yeah. it's, it's everything you wanted when you were in the fourth grade yeah and so then clark shows up mm-hmm. and they have this a just just intense conversation and superman's like what did you do with my son yeah, and everything so this is this is a moment where you are very yes. much ready to watch superman kill a mortal he's man he's capable of anything at because this yeah he's he's right on the edge and he's about to 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 kill this other clark kent in just a fit of rage so we've seen a superman at a threshold that we've never witnessed before in, in main continuity and superman rears back to throw a punch mm-hmm Remember, Superman punching a mortal man, full strength. And what should happen but Clark catches Superman's fist. Say what? Yes. And throws Superman flying, disappears. He's gone. Yep. Superman returns, sees Clark Kent is gone, and says to his wife, we have to find John. And she says, John who? And before before that, he we get a hint of maybe it's something to do with an empty cell because Clark starts yelling at him, saying, you didn't come for me, you didn't save me, which is what was written on the wall inside the abandoned cell. Mm-hmm. And then we have that nag moment where she's like, who's John? And then that leads us into the revelation. So we've established that this alternate Clark Kent exists. He is far more powerful than he let, lets on. And there is someone who is very angry at Superman for not saving him. There's a moment here where, again, Clark returns and they they get drawn into conflict once again, and he is appearing as all of Superman's most powerful foes. He appears as Doomsday. He appears as Metallo, as Mongol, as Bizarro, and the entire time... Repeating. What is he repeating? Say my name. It's a very Heisenberg moment. Mm -hmm. It's it's I'm the one who Clarks. (laughs) If you're a well well read fan, if you're you're big into theories, you you at this moment you have an idea, but if you're not versed in Superman, it's a very suspenseful moment. And I'm sorry we're kind of spoiling it here in this podcast, but this is just too good not to talk about. Who is it, Michael? Who is revealed to be the real Clark Kent? Mister Mixoplex. Exactly, Mister Mixoplex himself. Just kind of a know your universe here on him. He is a interdimensional imp who loves to screw with Superman. A god-level character. He's a he god-level character. He literally do anything. And they introduce here that there's only one version of him. So every version of Mixoplex we've seen across incarnations of Superman have been one and the same. He's continuity-proof. Exactly. Mixoplex exists in all universes at the same time. The one that we saw in the Superman animated series, that showed up in the Super Friends cartoon, mm-hmm. showed up in the Superman books, the one that showed up in Smallville, all of it, Mixoplex. It's him. So... Now we cut to where John is, and Mixoplick is holding John in kind of a, the space between spaces. He is on the run because, as he put it, he's he's escaped, and someone is coming from him. They can't hold, hang out for long, but he wants to play one last game with Superman. Yes, and his whole his whole gambit is to basically and kind of like it's kind of like Hook almost. He's trying to get John to join yeah. him. It's a whole you know Rufio yes. moment. Uh, but it kind of backfires because the place where he's taken him is a is a place between thoughts, uh, a place of thought. So he's Jonathan's stuck at the top of this tower, which Mixoplex sets up to be an impossible challenge for Clark. He's not supposed to win this challenge to save his son, and he sets it up that either if he gets there to the top, he saves Jonathan. If he doesn't, he has to give up everything. Yeah. And uh, while Jonathan's at the top of the tower and being in this place between thoughts, he's seeing 
the history of his parents. He's seeing the the he's finding out who they were growing up. Yeah, Basically, it's... everything from the scrapbook that they found at their front door. He's experiencing those memories and learning about his parents. Exactly, because this this tower is made up of their history. Like it's kind yes. of a, a cobbled together version of the Daily Planet, but it stretches on the Infinity Planet. The Infinity. Planet. That's what it's called. It's true. It's true. Um, and this is really important because, like I said, Superman is the core of the DC universe. So there's all this tangled history that makes mm-hmm. up the world of Superman that he now has to essentially fly to the top of to reclaim his son. And what does John find there? Not only their memories, but... But, we, which we didn't cover, but I'll briefly cover it. Uh, not only is it when Superman died, he turned into Ash, but New 52... Uh, Lois Lane passed away as well, and for a small time, she became a superwoman. She absorbed the power and essence of Superman. And so we learned at that time, when Superman died, that there is a corporeal, immutable essence that is Superman. And they come wandering into this place of this thought between thoughts and meet Jonathan. And Jonathan's talking to them, and at the same time, they're all recollecting on the past memories of Superman and Lois that aren't their Superman and Lois. And they're kind of like, who am I? And he's bonding with them, talking to them, sharing the memories. And just when you think, because Clark's going up the tower as well, and it's an impossible challenge. And the higher he gets, he's starting to forget. Yes. So we've already seen that the essence of Superman could merge when we saw it happen with Lois Lane and Superwoman. So the essence of Lois Lane and the New 52 Lois Lane, New 52 Clark Kent, Superman, embrace the possibility of their son that they never had and bind with him giving him the superpowers and taking him to the next level he breaks out and uh, goes to his father and completely dissolving Mixoplik's plans but Mixoplik's is just laughing at the audacity of it that this mm-hmm. happened the trickster god got tricked and he finds that both fury infuriating and hilarious yes and what what happens next when we go and Jonathan reunites with his family and everything. But then the essence leaves Jonathan and binds with uh, with Lois and Clark. And we have this new revelation, something new and something different, but something old. Well, there's, there's a moment here right before this happens where... So Superman has essentially been split in two. Two, there's yes. Two, two, there's two parts to him. There's the blue and the red. Red. Now, this is a callback to uh, an early 2000s moment w- in Superman where he was actually transformed into an energy being. Mm-hmm. One Superman blue, one Superman red. red. And each Superman had different temperaments. Superman blue was much more the classic type of Superman, and Superman red was more hot-headed and aggressive. Now, does this remind you guys of anything? Mm-hmm. We have Superman blue and Superman red. Mm-hmm. Now, the red energy, the essence that John absorbed, returns home to its body. Yes. But because they're they're separate, they actually knock the blue energy out of the way. So instead of having a reformed Superman and Lois, we see the return of the new 52, 52 Superman. Superman and Lois. And it's it's awe-inspiring and, and terrifying at the same time. Because, because they neither one of them remember Jonathan. In fact, yes. they don't remember ever being together because in the new 52, Superman and Lois, Lois didn't have a relationship. No, 
and, and, and you're, you're gripped and you're terrified, which is you've become so invested in these characters and, 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 and where they're going to end up and the massive change and overhaul they've undergone. And you're at the precipice of thinking possibly it could all be undone at, at this pivotal moment. And, and because John doesn't have an anchor now, because that Superman blue doesn't exist, he starts to fade. And it's very much kind of a back to the future moment has mm-hmm. to get his parents to remember. But he that he calls the blue essence to him and he hears the voice voice of his mother saying help us help us be one and he convinces new 52 lois to listen to him superman is still just again being the cocky superman I mean, and he's aware of the presence of mixoplex so yeah. he's not completely out of order and thinking but, oh there's the trickster god right next to me this is all a trick i've never had a kid what's happening yeah this he's, is obviously he's focused on fighting the obvious foe and he he's jonathan is calling out to his mother and there's a moment of hope because she begins to open up to the idea and lois convinces New 52 Superman that this in fact is real that this energy is out yes. there and they have to rejoin and they do the energy flows into Superman red and blue unite we see the purple yeah Superman purple um, we see Lois revitalized we mm-hmm. see Jonathan revitalized and together before we even see the reveal of Superman it takes you into this the, this book is amazing because it's got a two page splash page that shows you now the, rev, the revised history yes. it shows you Krypton being destroyed. It shows you Clark coming to Smallville. It shows him in high school, the death of his parents, his emergence as Superman, meeting Lois, their marriage, his death, Jonathan being born. It shows all of it, and then it culminates in the reveal of the now united Superman. Yes. Who has all of his powers, all of his memories. He is back. So it's a continuity merger. It's a retcon of a retcon now the world doesn't re- doesn't remember superman dying and this new superman showing yes. up there's no dichotomy in the justice league with we don't trust this new superman it's there's always been this one superman this has always been your superman he's here so all those events still happen but now they've been reconciled and it's it's all everything is canonical now it yeah. brings secret origins back into play it retcons some things from infinite crisis bringing Kara Zor-El back from the reign of uh, Superman. It brings back uh, Steel and the yeah, uh, a lot uh, of legacy characters, characters show. A lot of legacy up. characters show up. One one absent note in the reign of Superman was specifically the Metropolis Boy, and we don't know if that was done on purpose. It's all Tomasi's yes, done. It's got to be done on purpose. So the original Superboy Connor Kent is missing from this revised continuity. So there's got to be a point that either they're going to bring back. Maybe Superboy Prime, or he's coming back in another incarnation. Well, we'll have to see. Doomsday yes. clocks around the corner. Exactly. And That's the whole point we're doing. This excites us so much for the possibility that we had to come out and talk about this oh, to y'all. Yeah. Absolutely. Because it, it, it changes everything. It really does. But it changes it in a way that's familiar. You are given back a Superman that you can instantly recognize as Superman. And he is charming and heroic and all the things you'd expect Superman to be and there's just there's something great about this storyline because Superman is returned to us through the power of hope mm-hmm. and that was just poignant uh, I mean, hats off to, to Peter Tomasi and Dan Jurgens on Fantastic job. Uh, Action Comics and Superman for, for giving us this storyline it was a it's a great jumping on point so if you want to start um, reading Superman uh, well, I would recommend going back to Rebirth and getting the Superman special. If you just kind of want to jump in and understand what the new status quo is, um, Superman Reborn is a great way to do that because it kind of it reconciles all the continuity and gives mm-hmm. you a fresh jumping on point. 
I think that's a perfect place to, to move on to our recommendations for what you should read over our topic today. Totally agree. Joe, what would you recommend we talk about? Reading? Um, so, of course, I would recommend the, the current Superman run by Peter Tomasi. It is absolutely fantastic. You get to see Superman as Pa Kent, and some of the best moments of this book are him being a dad. Yes. Like, not even wearing the suit or, or throwing a punch or anything, just Clark Kent teaching his son. It is an amazing story. Uh, I would also recommend uh, the current Supergirl book by Steve Orlando. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a fan of the Supergirl series, it tries to pull a lot from that with, while still maintaining the, the main continuity. So it's, it's, it's good. It's fun. And if you want, if you're an or, if you're an origin person and you want to know how things start, go back and read Superman's Secret Origin because now that's canon. That is Superman's official origin story. Definitely, it is done it's by Jeff Johns. Jeff Johns and so Gary. You know it's gonna be good. And Gary Frank, who is a classic artist. In fact, Gary Frank is gonna be the artist on Doomsday Clock. Um, so if you're also a big fan of the uh, Christopher Reeve Superman films, this is the first time where they actually drew Superman and modeled him after Christopher Reeve. So go back, check out Superman's Secret Origin. And what I would like to recommend is a little gem in the Superman saga called Super Sons. And it is phenomenal, especially as I talked about the beginning of the cast, I've been getting into Gotham Academy and the, the youngers, uh, superheroes. The interaction with the next generation of Superman and Batman, Damian Wayne and Jonathan Kent, is phenomenal their their fathers when they first meet each other they are completely cynical damien thinks john that's a threat to people because he can't properly control his powers and he jonathan thinks damien's a brat brat yeah and they <laughs> he, he john damien kidnaps jonathan to try to observe and test him and then they both end up getting like tossed on this island and put through all these trials and tribulations that they have to go through uh, that their father set up. Their father, uh, Batman and Superman are like, no, you're not going to happen. Our kids aren't going to be enemies. We're going to sort this out now. And they basically throw them on a deserted island oh, it, and they have to go through all these things and work together. Superman and Batman arranged it a play date for their sons. <laughs> comic gold. It, it's... It's so delightful, and it's just fun fun storytelling. It, it really is. It's fun story. Also by Peter Tomasi. Yes, He's actually and he front loading. knows how to humanize and, and just make these characters phenomenal. Peter Tomasi is front-loading the Superman franchise right now, and it is, like, if you want to read classic, like, just Superman having adventures, read action comics. That's where that's happening. But if you want the story of a Superman who's grown and he's experiencing new things and not just the villain of the week, read Superman, read Super Sons. These are the legacy titles. Yes. They are great reads. Peter Tomasi is knocking it out of the park on these books. Uh, great art by Patrick Gleason and uh, Phil- and uh, Jimenez on Super Sons. They're, they're great. Seriously, check them out. Excellent. Uh, and that'll be wrapping us up for today. Uh, next week we'll be talking over the topical defenders. Yep. Not only will we be talking about uh, touching on the show a little bit, but taking you back in time and showing you the roots of the defenders and how their origins might not be what you thought they were. Yeah, they're they're not the team that you think they're. All right, we'll see you next week. Yeah.